Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tuesday, September 21st, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians uh, swept yesterday in a doubleheader by the Kansas City Royals. The uh, first game, Tristan McKenzie uh, really had trouble locating his fastball, and, and we all know that when Tristan has trouble locating his fastball, things, uh, things don't go well. In the second game, nobody could locate a fastball. Uh, Indians relievers had had trouble finding the strike zone. Uh, both times the the Royals jumped out, took a lead, took advantage, and uh, and were able to sweep the doubleheader. First time, a fifth time, just the fifth time since 2010 that the Indians were swept in both ends of a doubleheader. Uh, what'd you see from uh, from Tristan and and after you know such a a, a big stretch of you know, successful outings for McKenzie. Uh, is there any concern about him uh, after an outing like that? I don't think there's any concern, Joe. I mean, if you give what, if you go, if you're a starter and you, you, you have a, you go five good starts and have a bad one, you know, if that's the pattern you're in, I think you're going to, you're going to be all right. And Tristan was probably due for, you know, kind of a, t- a bumpy start. Uh, he looked like he was, you know, kind of, flashback to the first half of last this season when he was up in the strike zone and uh, you know, that high fastball and, and the the Royals were looking for it and he just couldn't get the variance in his pitches. It it looked like to me, he couldn't, you know, throw the curveball and keep the ball down in the zone and then come up in the strike zone and kind of catch uh, the Royals, uh, you know, by surprise a little bit. He looked like the Royals looked like they were ready for him. Yeah. I think it was a streak of uh, seven, consecutive starts that Tristan had gone at least six innings and given up uh, three or fewer uh, earned runs in, in each outing. So just a, a, you know, pretty, pretty nice stretch of consistency there out of him. And then uh, to have the one, one bad outing, he said afterwards that he felt like his stuff just wasn't, you know, where it needed to be. And, and that he was, he, he did, he, he admitted he was up in the strike zone with, with everything couldn't locate his fastball. So we'll see how he bounces back in his next outing. Uh, he only threw what 74 pitches. So, uh, you know, maybe it's, it's again at the end of the season where they're trying to taper him off a little bit, yeah. uh, being young and never really having gone through that 
you know, 30 starts in a season, the sort of workload. Uh, yeah, well, it would just, uh, be interesting to monitor him. Uh, maybe the next couple of starts, he'll uh, he'll he'll only go like maybe four or five innings, and then they try to back him off a little bit. Uh, keep yeah, you, him you there. You brought up a good point, Joe. I, I'm wondering, you know, I was wondering watching him yesterday. Um, maybe if the, the kind of season is trying to starting to catch up to him, he's never gone through that again. I know they've been careful with him, kind of, uh, you know holding him back, keeping him at six innings, but still, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, that's the one start or he stubbed his toe a little bit and, you know, it, it is, it is a change, you know, and then especially after the 60 game sprint last year. And then before that he hadn't pitched in about a year and a half. So uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of factors that probably play in the yesterday's start. Yeah. And uh, you know, with McKenzie, it's also, there's a mental component as well. It's as much a confidence thing. So, you know, maybe if you do back him off a little bit down the stretch and you got to think about next year, you know, we, we just sort of assume that these guys, these, these pitchers get to this level and you, we see them perform a certain way for a little while. And you just assume that you snap your fingers and you plug them into, you know, well, McKenzie will be in the rotation next year and, and this and that, you know, maybe McKenzie starts the year off, you know, uh, they, they try to back him off a little bit next year just because uh, again, Cleveland in April is, is no, no picnic and he's got a track record, but uh, he's, he's not, uh, you know, 26, 27, 28 years old, built up physically. He's, he's still figuring out who, who he is, you know, physically that way too. So, you know, maybe they, they take it easy and, and being cautious is the way they go with McKenzie for a little while. And, and you get a little bit better performance out of him. You'll get more of those stretches like we saw in, in August and early September. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, we've seen them do that uh, in spring training even, you know, when they back off, backed off Kluber and Carrasco and Clevenger, you know, for the first two weeks of spring, you know, the Cactus League games. And, you know, they're thrown on the backfields before they get into game action. So maybe, you know, that's how they would monitor that with uh, McKenzie. Well, remember this part of this conversation when we're in March and McKenzie's still on the backfields throwing <laughs> and, and not going. And we, we said, hey, maybe this will be their plan because maybe it will be their plan. Uh, the other thing that happened in the first game on uh, Monday night, Miles Straw uh, led off with a, uh, a base hit uh, against Brady Singer. and tried to steal second base and was thrown out. It's the first time in 36 steal attempts that the, the Indians had uh, were, were unsuccessful. Uh, Salvador Perez, uh, the Royals catcher, threw out uh, Miles Straw, and it snapped that streak. The Indians now um, did not get a chance to, to pass Boston as for the major league lead, uh, all, the record uh, all time at, at 40 consecutive steals. So, uh, yeah, the streak ends right there. Miles Straw gets thrown out, and uh, the Indians <laughs> the Indians later had Framil Reyes thrown out at third base in that game. So uh, everybody kind of uh, scratched their head at, at, at that one. But uh, luckily for Framil, Straw had already been thrown out to snap the streak. Yeah, I, I wondered what Framil was doing. You know, I was I was thinking. You know, the one who reminded me. I you know when you read uh, read history, it reminded me of Babe Ruth getting thrown out. In a, what in one of the World Series to end the World Series and the World Series, out, yeah, yeah, to 
trying to steal second base and it ended the World Series and Babe Ruth stealing second and, and Framel Reyes trying to steal third. Well, it wasn't, it, it ended an inning, but I don't think it, it ended the game. So, you know, that, that's not that bad, but Framel must have, must have thought that Brady Singer wasn't paying attention to him because that was, <laughs> that was a bad move. Everybody sort of, uh, you know, turn around, looking around, going, you know, what's going on. Uh, it does uh, bring up uh, a good point about Sal Perez, though. He had two two caught stealings in the game. Uh, he throws the ball really well. He also hit a 429-foot home run in the game, one of three off of McKenzie in that first game yesterday. Uh, now Sal Perez is, the is what, tied with Vlad Guerrero for the major league lead in home runs with 46. Uh, also becomes the single-season uh, all-time or all-time single-season uh, home runs by a catcher uh, record holder. He he surpassed Johnny Bench in 1970. So I, it begs the question, I guess. Uh, Sal Perez is a Hall of Famer, maybe. Yes, no. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's he's definitely in the conversation, Joe. He's been a good. He's caught for a long time. Uh, he's you know he's kind of the heart and soul of that uh, that that Kansas City uh, ball club. You know, he led them to the, what, two World Series appearances in, what, uh, 14 and 15. They won it in 15, I believe, beat the Mets. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, you know, he had that, what, uh, uh, I think, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, he's, and he's had just, it's a great year. You know, everyone wondered why they signed him to that extension mm-hmm. this season when he's, what, he's, he's in his third, I mean, he's 31. Not, he's 31, and, you know, you're, you're signing a catcher to an extension. You know, catchers get get beat up all the time, uh, but uh, it proved to be uh, so far. It's proved to be a great move, and uh, yeah, I think he's definitely in the conversation for a, as a Hall of Famer. Um, maybe he needs a couple more peak years, mm-hmm. uh, but um, you know, I, I I you would have to consider him. You would have to really check his numbers and check his uh, career stats. Yeah, we were trying to, as we were talking here before we started recording, we were trying to find a, a comp for him, and you threw out uh, Yadier Molina, and I said, you know, Molina is sort of a different animal because his defense is so high up there that he would get consideration regardless of his his offense, and, you know, with the, with the World Series pedigree that he has, uh, he, he'd be way up there. Um uh, you, you brought up Mike Piazza, and that that might actually be a a, a much better comp. And Piazza's in the hall, so uh, yeah, Perez right now leading uh, baseball in RBIs, I believe. And uh, you know he's a a five time Gold Glover, a seven time All Star. So yeah, I it's just Demarlo Hale was talking before yesterday's game about how impressive it is that he he works so much in the off season that he's able to be as healthy as he is and, and endurable as he is during the regular season. You know, you look at somebody like a Roberto Perez playing catcher and, and how many times he's been on the injured list and, and off and on, and, you know, the Indians love it when Roberto is, is, is healthy and is able to work with the, the pitching staff, but they, they just lack something when he's not there and, and he's, he's on the injured list so much. Uh, that it's it's tough. It's just tough to, you know, put him up there with those those elite catchers who play every day like Perez. Yeah, and it, it is such a tough position. You know, you're always getting hit with foul balls or 
you know, and the bats, bat, you know, back swings, you're getting hit in the head, you plays at the plate, you know, and Roberto, you know, uh, has, a, he's never been hurt off the field. You know, it's always an injury on the field, game related injuries. Um, and, uh, he just, you know, some guys just are, you know, kind of are in that, in that spot where they can't stay healthy. Sandy Alomar, I covered him his whole career and he, he was another guy like that great, you know, two-way catcher, but he kept getting hurt, you know, weird, weird injuries. I remember he split the webbing on his finger, not once. That, but that's twice. the one that always stands out to me is he split the webbing on his finger, catching a ball. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think he was trying to catch a, a knuckleball by either Candy, Candy Adi or a Phil Negro, one of them. And, uh, uh, it wasn't Negro. It was, it was Candy Adi. It was yeah. a, a, a knuckleball in the dirt and he put his hand, he put his bare hand down to, to, to sort of funnel it into his glove and it split the webbing. That, that was just the craziest injury. Yeah. I, I remember that as well. Uh, yeah. And, and you look at Perez, uh, Sal Perez, and he's at like 118 games at catcher this year, 118 games behind the plate already. Uh, that's, you know, uh, that's pretty good. And and to be just performing the way that he is at the plate is, is, it's special. It's, it's impressive. Uh, also special and impressive Jose Ramirez, uh, fourth time that he's been named American League Player of the Week. Uh, his week last week was pretty much, uh, you know, the, the stuff that you you dream about. He went 10 for 20 at the plate, uh, a couple of home runs, I think six doubles, seven RBIs. But, uh, you know, he batted 500 for the week, which is pretty good. Uh, named American League uh, Player of the Week. It helps when you do it in front of the New York fans. They kind of recognize it a little more, and I think that helped him uh, helped him get the award this time around. But then he goes out yesterday, and in the first game, he, he uh, gives the Indians their only two runs with a, a two-run RBI single in the uh, you know fifth inning. Didn't really uh, didn't really do much because it was seven nothing at the time. But you know Jose Ramirez just keeps hitting. Yeah, and what do you think? Do you think he's got a shot at 100 RBIs, Joe? You think you can make it? Uh, I think he's only done it once in his career. Yeah, he's at 96 RBI right now. I, I think there's a real good chance he gets four more before the end of the season. Uh, hell, he might get four more on before the end of this homestand. Uh, I, like you said, I think he's only done it one other time in his career, uh, 2018, and that was another one of his you know, MVP finalist seasons. Would not be surprised. Uh, to see that uh, happen again here, uh, you know, coming up. Uh, plus, he, he gets to go to Kansas City uh, before the end of the year uh, and, and hitting that ballpark that he likes hitting in. So, yeah, I can, I can definitely see it. The question is, can he get to 40 home runs, which he's never, he's never done. And, you know, he's still chasing. He's still got things to play for. He can get to 40 home runs. He can get to 30 stolen bases and have a 30-30 season. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot for him to go out there and, and, and sort of want to want to play for. Yeah. And I think you can see that, you know, he hasn't slowed down. He's still running everything out hard. Um, just, I think he, he's, he's good at the end of the season. You can see him like closing. He reminds me of uh, Carlos Santana when Santana played with the Indians and it came down to September and he was looking, you know, at his stats, you could see that, mm -hmm. that the, the wheels were turning and he started to turn it on a little bit. And, and you know what? Defensively, yesterday he turned a uh, or he started a a double play. Uh, Whit Merrifield grounded a ball hard down the line, and he started a double play that was a, 
it was real good. It was real smooth. And, and you looked at him, you're like, you know what? He's, he's out there playing real well. And it's not just what he's doing at the plate. So, uh, you know, good on Jose Ramirez. Uh, then we sort of look at game two and uh, we got uh, a surprise right out the gate. Uh, DeMarlo Hale decided to, to give Nick Wickren his first career start. Uh, Wickren out of the bullpen, a bullpen game in the, the second half of the doubleheader there. Uh, Nick Wickren came out and it did not go uh, as, as planned. Uh, Wickren had a real difficulty finding the strike zone in that first inning, uh, only lasted uh, two thirds of an inning, uh, walked three consecutive batters, walked Carlos Santana to force in a run and then gave up a sacrifice fly to Hunter Dozier. And all of a sudden the Indians are, were right out the gate looking at a 2-0 deficit. Yeah, I was surprised. I, I, you know, I'm, and I'm trying to think, why, why would you – I guess you got the doubleheader coming up against Chicago, right? So maybe that played into, you know, the, the bullpen game. Um, yeah, it's possible. But uh, – um, and, and he had already used – I believe he had used Sam Hentges in the, uh, in the first game. So, uh, you know, that was another thought that I had that maybe he was going to try and start Sam Hentges, but uh, that, that wasn't the case. Yeah, and they seem to, you know, Hentges, Hentges um, pitched out of the bullpen in, in, in New York, too. And I think they kind of, I don't know if they're, they're, they want to keep him there. They kind of like him in that role. So maybe they didn't want to, you know, mess with him and, get, and give him a, a, a spot start or start as an opener, even as an opener. So I, I don't know if that played into it as well. But, yeah, you know, I feel bad for Whitman. He, you know, he's been, you know, he's pitched, he's pitched so well. Um, for the, for the past two seasons, you know, he was a wait, they claimed him on waivers or I think that he was a DFA that they made a trade mm -hmm. for. He was a DFA. With, yeah. Yeah. With, with the Marlins, he really pitched well for him and he struggled this year and he's, he's been put into some, you know, tough situations. He's had trouble keeping the ball in the park. He looks like a guy that's tired to me. He looks like, you know, just like a guy that's thrown a lot and, and, is, is counting the days down here. I, I hope, well, you know, I, I just hope he's healthy, Joe, because, you know, I, I don't know if he's, if he's, his, his velo looks okay, but I, I just, I hope he's yeah, His velo looks about where, where it usually is for him. Uh, you said put in tough situations, and I think that's been the story of his season uh, to this point. He's been put in some really tough situations. It's not like he's getting, you know, clean innings in the eighth or, or anything like that. He's, he's getting put into situations pretty regularly where he's getting, uh, you know, beaten up or added on to uh, by, by teams that are, that are on a roll offensively at, at times. It, it's not necessarily, it was a great thinker who once said, it's not necessarily, you know, where you pitch it's when um, and, and Wickren is, is getting, getting the when beat out of him right now, I think. Uh, and he's been used, they, they use, Hale has used him a lot in, uh, you know, those uh, late games situations, extra inning situations. He brings him in with a runner on second base, and mm -hmm. it's a tough. It's just a tough, uh, you know, and he's a veteran guy. You know, he's got a lot of young guys out there, and I understand the move. But it's, it's I think, uh, you know, in the past, I don't know if Whitgren has been, been in those situations. All right. Well, we did get to see the uh, Major League pitching debut of Anthony Ghost in the uh, second game, he came in, pitched an inning and two thirds, uh, lit up the uh, the radar gun with, I believe, 21 of his 39 pitches were 
uh, clocked at 99 miles an hour or better, uh, eight of those 100 miles an hour or better. Uh, he gave up a run on a, a double and a, and a walk uh, in the, the, the first inning that he came out there. And then, uh, you know, rather than let him stay in there a little too long, DeMarlo Hale went and, and pulled him out uh, after he had struck out um, Sal Perez on a 98 mile an hour fastball up in the zone. Uh, you know, that was a good sort of a good walk off moment for Ghost there. Uh, you know, he was pumping it up there. He, he threw one past Sal Perez, the American League home run leader. You strike him out and then you sort of walk off the field. And the, the crowd gave him a, a, a nice little ovation just because I think they knew uh, what it took to get him to that moment and sort of get him through that uh, inning in two thirds. Uh, sort of a, a, a nice little moment for Anthony Ghost. Yeah, Joe, what, why don't you, you wrote a good story about him today. What, why don't you uh, give us uh, uh, some background on him and, you know, just his kind of journey back to the big leagues? Well, yeah, and, and that's, that's sort of the thing. It's, it's the journey is the, is, is the big deal with him because, you know, he was, uh, he was uh, I believe, a draft pick of the, maybe the Astros, and he got traded. He, yeah, it was Roy Oswald trade, and he, he moved around. He, got, uh, he was with the Blue Jays is when he broke in. Actually, it was uh, on the, the team with, that DeMarlo Hale was a, a coach there in Toronto, so Hale knew him from Toronto as, a, as an outfielder. Uh, wound up in Detroit uh, between 2012, 2017. He, uh, you know, or 2016, he was playing outfield. He was center fielder. But, you know, always, go, you know, back to his high school days, he was, he was a pitcher. And, and people had told him, hey, you've got a gift. You've got a, a talent for pitching. But he wanted to play every day. He wanted to play in the outfield. And that's sort of how he made his way up through the system. Uh, broke in that way, played parts of five seasons with Detroit and, and the Blue Jays. Uh, and then when sort of that was, was over, he, he still wanted to play. He said, he, he told us, I'm too stupid to, to, you know, stop. He's like, I want to, I want to get, I want to keep playing. I love the game. So he, he started the journey as a pitcher and he had to start down in the minors and, you know, low A and, 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 you know, high A, double A ball. He was pitching. The Indians picked him up in 2019 and sort of believed in him and believed in his, his arm. And he's, you know, worked his way up. And in this past uh, spring, uh, had, a, had an impressive spring. Uh, Terry Francona said that the, the COVID season, not having a minor league year in 2020, probably hurt Anthony Ghost more than any other minor, leaguer, minor league pitcher they had uh, just because he needed the repetitions and he needed the the pitches to, to, to develop uh, uh, this, this season, he, he spent in triple a, but he spent uh, pretty much the entire month of July with the U S baseball team in Tokyo, trying to win a gold medal there. Uh, he, he told us yesterday that, you know, some of the veterans, uh, Edwin Jackson, Scott Casimir, uh, David Robertson, guys that he had worked with and been teammates with, with USA baseball really helped him. And he came back from Tokyo and was lights out for the Clippers uh, in Columbus in, over his last 13 appearance or over his last 11 appearances since returning from Tokyo. Uh, you know, no earned runs, uh, 13 innings, I think 20 some strikeouts. He he was he was on fire and really earned this opportunity to come up here and and pitch these last two weeks of the season. 
Yeah, and that, that's that's the right word, earn. You know, I mean, the, the, when you start what at, at Lake County or or wherever, and you know, and you, if you, you're a former big leaguer, you know what the big leagues. You're 30 are years like. old and you're pitching at Lake County. That's the yeah. Thing. That that's the, you you know you got to have uh, you got to have some determination and you have to have a uh, you have to be really goal oriented and you have to really have uh, some. Uh, you know, you just have to have some kind of grit in you or, or drive in you to, to see if you can do this. And, uh, you know, he, he did it and you don't, you know, nobody gives you a, a spot in a big league roster just because you can throw hard. You've got to, right. you know, you've got to prove you can throw strikes. You got to prove you can pitch in tight situations. And I think that's what all the, the uh, time in the minors was about for him was, uh, you know, getting control of the strike zone because you can see his numbers as they progress through the minors. I mean, he was always striking guys out, but the walk rate, you know, was almost 50-50 so at, at, at different stops. So, you know, he's really progressed. He's really done a nice job. Right, yeah. They're not going to put you out there if you're going to walk the ballpark in, in the major leagues. So uh, he's got to come out. And, it's, it's you know, it's a shame that it's the first guy he faced, I think it was Dozier, uh, you know, he walked him. Uh, got to a full count and, and walked him uh, on, you know, seven pitches or so. But he, he did have a, he had a nine pitch at bat against Perez to strike him out. And, you know, that showed a little something that was uh, to, to finish that at bat off was, was really nice. Uh, Ghost, uh, not a very outspoken guy, very kind of reserved and, you know, uh, short answers when we, we talked to him on the Zoom. Uh, he did not want to be there. He did not want to do press. He was, <laughs> yeah. he said, I've... we, we finished that interview and he said, I hope I never have to do this again. And we all just sort of <laughs> laughed uh, because he, he, he did look, he looked very uncomfortable talking about himself and, you know, but, but very, very, you know, you could, you could tell very kind, very, uh, very reserved, just uh, you know, good guy. And, and you could tell where that, that sort of drive and, and motivation comes from. So maybe Anthony ghost gets another opportunity to pitch here in this, uh, in this series during this homestand. Uh, the Indians have Cal Quantrill going tonight uh, for them uh, on the mound. Uh, should be uh, a good opportunity there. Definitely, Joe. And uh, it, uh, just some news before uh, we, we started this podcast, the Indians activated Ahmed Rosario from the uh, bereavement list. Uh, he's got to go through uh, the COVID protocols, so he should be ready to uh, get back on the field on Thursday. And uh, what have you thought of uh, uh, Andres Jimenez, who's played in his place? Well, uh, defensively, haven't seen anything to, to, to really be concerned about. Uh, last night in game two of the doubleheader, he hit about a 410-foot home run down the right field line. Uh, he actually grazed the front of the mezzanine section um, uh, with the home run. It was a, a moonshot uh, that he hit. but. Um, Really, with Jimenez, it's 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 a matter of getting that you know getting the ball in play, you know, not striking out as as much as he has, uh, and uh, you know, haven't seen that really in this opportunity, this this stretch here, this ten game start, ten day stretch where um, Rosario has been gone. Yeah, he just needs to put the bat on the ball more. Yeah, you hit the home run in at, at Yankee Stadium. I know uh, in, in over the weekend, so that's you know, so he can swing the bat. He's got a little pop. Uh, he's, he's, he's not a big guy, you know, he's, and he's certainly, he's obviously going to get stronger. He's only 22, 23, but you know, it, it's, a, it was a good opportunity for him. And it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, 
that Milo Hale uses those two guys uh, going down the stretch here in the last, what, 14, 13, 14 games here. All right. All right, Hunzi, we will uh, check back in with you again tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll see you then.